who love their pastors. Amen. 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 You need a pastor to be saved. Amen. And uh, I always feel, uh, since I've been here last time and even been here now, I feel very much, uh, I feel comfortable being myself. Man, I, it's always good to feel comfortable being yourself, right? And I've tried being somebody else. It's hard. <laughs> Amen. So um, I'm just going to be me. You be you, I'll be me. And uh, we'll have a good time. Amen. How many people want to hear a word from God? Amen. Second book of Samuel, chapter 22. We'll begin reading at verse 31. Amen. If you can't find it, just open your Bible and pretend. Amen. Nobody's going to hate on you. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout amen when they're there. Second uh, Samuel, chapter 22, verse 31. Very beautiful passage of Scripture. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to them that trust in Him. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. Amen. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in Him. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. And you, you will not understand the title of my message right away. Uh, but as we move along, you will. And I want to preach to you on this simple thought. Big lights, big city. Big lights, big city. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We appreciate you. God, we already feel your presence in this place. God, we thank you for the praise and the worship. God, we thank you, oh God, for, for the my ministry that just took place. God, we thank you that you've allowed us to come into this place and lift our hands and magnify you. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our churches. But Lord, you've created and designed this moment to help us move up and move forward. And I'm asking you, God, to speak through me as the oracles of the Lord and to help me, God, to preach with grace into the hearer. I ask you all these things in the matchless and wonderful name of Jesus. Everyone said a healthy and hearty amen. Let's give the Lord one more big hand clap of praise. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Give them a great big God bless you before you're seated. Somebody shout amen. The famous poet and writer Franz Kafka once wrote about the city where he grew up and said, I felt better at the cemetery than I did in town, and the feeling lasted. For hours I roamed the city as if it were a cemetery. Amazingly, Franz Kafka discovered that living in a city isn't always what it's cracked up to be even if it's the city where you grow up. What's even more interesting is that the writers of the Bible displayed a great and deep suspicion of cities. When you begin to read your Bible, you will discover very quickly that the Bible does not have a lot of good things to say about cities. In the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, it tells us about two brothers Cain and Abel, and Cain kills his brother Abel. And the Bible says in Hebrew, it says, Lekain Ot, which literally translated means that God made Cain a mark. Wherever Cain went, <clears throat> he was rejected. Wherever Cain went, he could never find peace. In fact, the Bible says that finally Cain decided to build a city. And to me, it is very likely that the writers of the Bible put this in the Bible as so as to arouse suspicion in all of us that one of the first cities ever built was built by a murderer. Unfortunately for Cain, if you read about the 
if you read just a couple of short verses regarding his life and his philosophy of life, you will find out that Cain found out the hard way that uh, even the city he built was never really a good place and it was never known for its outstanding citizens. It is after Cain builds his own city that he begins to tell us that he is a vagabond and a fugitive forever. Amen. A few chapters later in your Bible, you will see that God becomes upset with humanity for building a city and a tower named Babel. The city and its citizens had a lot of things going for them. They were united. They had the same language. They had one common goal. But everything they were doing, they were doing it for the wrong reasons. And God would have nothing to do with it. In fact, the Bible says that their purpose in building the city and the tower was to reach heaven. And this is not my message, but I want you to know that man can't get to heaven on his own. You got a lot of people trying to get to heaven all on their own. Buddy, if you're going to get to heaven, you're going to need the help of Jesus. Amen. One chapter later in the Bible, in the book of Genesis 11, if I'm correct, it begins to talk to us about a man named Abraham. And the interesting thing about Abraham is that the first thing God does with him is that he calls him out of his city. And he lived in a city, and this is just kind of for those of you who are interested, some of you might fall asleep in part of this, but whatever. Uh, he calls him out of a city called Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans. And the, 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 the Chaldeans uh, were one of the most advanced civilizations in their time. It is, they had cuneiform, which predates any Chinese writing by 1,500 years. And I know that a lot of us take reading and stuff for granted, you know. I can tell by how you text. <laughs> but uh, uh, these were the first people to ever have a written alphabet. Um, here's another one. These were the first people to ever use the wheel. These were the first people to ever have a government and an army. They were literally the very first people to ever have a civilization. Abraham was not some dumb bunny that came out of the desert. God, God called him out of the most advanced city and civilization of his time. Listen to me. God don't care how fancy a place is. If a place does not serve God, in God's eyes, it's no good. When you read your Bible, you will notice. Uh, when you read books at school, they'll tell you that Egypt was one of the modern marvels of civilization. They'll say the Egyptians had hieroglyphics and pyramids and all this fancy stuff. But when you read the Bible, God calls it the house of bondage. God didn't care how smart they were. God didn't care if they did build pyramids. If a place is wicked, God sees it as wicked. He doesn't care... I'm trying to get somebody to see life through God's eyes tonight. Come on, the first thing you're going to ever have to do if you're going to get on, on the road to heaven, brother, you're going to have to turn things around and ask God, help me to see things the way you see things. Help me to interpret life the way... God tells Abraham... I want you to come out of your city. Now, now you need to understand something. In cities in those days, they had big walls around them. These walls were so big that people lived in them. But these cities marked safety. They were a representation of the good life. They were a representation because outside the cities in those days, there was wild animals. There was, there was uh, desert pirates, if you will. There was crazy people everywhere. But if you lived in a city, there was a government. There was, there was, there was organization. There was status. There was safety. And God said, I want you to come out of that. And you're going to start walking around the desert. And you're going to see. 
You're going to see that I can provide water in the desert. You're going to see that I can sustain you without the help of a president, without the help of a government, without WIC. You guys have WIC out here? I'll sustain you without WIC, without welfare. I'll sustain you without your rich uncle, your rich uncle. I'll take care of Come on, God's looking for some people that can trust in Him. And, and this is not part of my message, but I'll have you to know that before Abraham, every, every so often, Abraham would stop in the middle of the desert and he would erect an altar, uh, an altar of memorial, the Bible would call it. In other words, Abraham would stop, whether times were good or bad. Let me tell you something. There's a big difference between good times, bad times, and the right time. And it's always the right time to praise God. We got people that are so sensitive to whether it's good times or bad times that they can't recognize the right time. Abraham knew that it was always the right time to praise God. And every so often he'd stop in the middle of the desert and he'd say, Thank you, God, for providing water. Thank you, God, for providing bread. Thank you, God. Somebody, somebody came here tonight and it's time for you to stop and recognize that it's the right time to praise God. You might have cancer in your body, but it's the right time to praise God. You might have came in, you might have, you might have come in using crutches, but it's the right time to praise God. You might have came into church busted and disgusted, broke, but it's the right time to praise God. You might have come into church... You might have come into church hooked on crack, but it's the right time to praise God. You might have come. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You might have come into the church without a job, but it's the right time to praise God. Let the chubby guy be the first one to tell you. The reason some of you are doing without is because you're not giving God his praise. If you give God his praise, honey, he'll pour out a blessing on your life. God made you to praise him. God made you to bless him. Oh, Jesus. God didn't make you to sing the praises of Christina Aguilera, 50 Cent, or anybody else. God made you to sing his praises. God made God didn't make you to worship Beyonce. God made you to worship Jesus. God didn't Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The implications of God calling Abraham out of this city are incredible. God is sending a message to all of us as he was to Abraham. That his blessing, his blessings will operate without human assistance. Abraham actually gives voice to this idea. When he is talking to the king of a city. And this king of the city is trying to give him all kinds of stuff. And Abraham looks this man square in the eyes. He says, I will not take a thread, even a shoe latchet. And I will not even take anything that is yours. Lest you should say, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. If you don't understand what that means... Abraham said, I don't even want your shoelace. Now, I know some people don't get that because you got people that are freeloaders. And they'll take shoelaces, cheese, sugar. They'll borrow your car, give it back with an empty tank. Come on, all the freeloaders are locking up on me right now. Come on. It's time you quit being Freddy Freeloader and you start putting your trust in Jesus. Come on, don't lock on me. I know we got some freeloaders up in the house. You need to cut that stuff out. You need to start serving God, trusting in God, and you'll see that God will provide. You may...
There may be a lot of bad days, but if you just stick it out. Come on, I need somebody who can stick it out. If you just stick it out, you'll get your own car. It might be a hoopty, but it'll be your hoop. It might be a bucket, but it'll be your bucket. I'm going to wait till you praise God. I'm going to wait till we get rid of that freeloading spirit. I told you I had a word from God. I need you to sit down. I don't want to take too much of your time, but you need to listen to me. And I I feel to tell you this. Some people never get the blessings of God. Listen, listen. You know, I remember when I was in the world, I used to love playing video games. And you know, in video games, if you don't pass a level, you got to start over. And the same thing goes for the kingdom of God. If you do not pass a trial, you will be starting all over again. That's why you got some people that have been serving God 20 years, but there's, it's the first year 20 times over. They never grow up. They're just bonsai Christians. They're just, just midget Christians. God wants you to grow up. You need to pass your trial. You need to pass your, you need to tell yourself, not this time. Not this time. This time I'm going to pay my tithes even if I go broke. Not this time. This time I'm not going back to that crazy man no matter what he says. Not this time. I ain't going back to that crazy woman no matter how much she calls. Not this this time. I'm going to get me a wife. I'm going to get me a husband. I'm going to get me a job. I'm going to get me a car. We need to magnify God. Can I have my water? Hallelujah. Let's praise God. Come on, somebody. I'm not saying this just so I can take a breath. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. We need to magnify him. The blessing of God is in this place. I feel like somebody's going to walk out of here saying, not this. Do I got anybody that's tired of living the same year over and over again? And you're ready to live a new day, in a new year, in a new way. Well, with a new mind frame, with a new... Let's magnify Jesus. Let's magnify Jesus. Hurry, hurry, get out of the way. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Lift your hands. I pray the blessings of God on your life. I rebuke every bit of confusion. I rebuke every bit of despair. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I pray God give you clarity. I pray you walk in the will of God. I pray you live in the wish. Come on, come on. We can trust in Jesus tonight. Holy Ghost is coming up in this place. Hey, this is not part of my message, but this is free. I'm preaching to a couple of ladies. You've been growing disappointed. You've been growing weary and tired. You've been wondering if maybe you should get married out the church. I came with an email from Jesus. The devil is a liar. Don't you go outside the church to find you a man. You know, we got a lot of, we got a lot of missionary sisters. We got 
got a lot of missionary sisters that specialize in evangelism. You know what evangelism is? Well, hello, y'all. We're going to have fun tonight. You do not. Listen, I know what it is to be single. I, I lived for God eight years without a wife. And you know what? So you know, it's because I had a bad attitude. Some of you, the reason you're all by yourself, I know you think it's everybody else's fault. Hello, it's your fault. You are hard to get along with. You are stubborn. You are cranky. You are unhappy. I'm telling you, if you change your attitude tonight, God would open up your eyes and show you the man. Oh, I know there's a lot of people here. They're losing their dove right now. The dove's just leaving. Honey, you need to tell God, speak to me. Even if I don't like it, speak to me. I'm tired of being single. I don't want to raise this kid on my own. He needs a father. I need a man. Jesus, send the man. I don't need to date Bob at the job. I need to date the man that you give me. I don't... It's not time to call Richard back. It's time... It's time to delete his phone number off your phone. <laughs> I didn't come to put up with the devil tonight. You might not like this. But you might be able to pay your phone bill every month if you quit calling Richard. Oh yes, Brother Urshan. Because God does not just order our steps. He orders our stops. And some of you don't know it. But the reason your phone bill gets keep, your phone keeps getting disconnected, you can't pay the bill, is because God is trying to stop you from hooking up with crazy people. And you better give God praise because he's keeping you when you don't want to be kept. He's saving you when you don't want to be saved. Oh, let's just lift our hands and praise God. We need to really pray. I know I'm being funny, but there's a serious move of God in this place. Listen, sit down, sit down, please be seated. I know some of you are being touched. That's okay. But I got, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. A lot of people adopt the attitude of, I don't like the way it's preached there. I'll go somewhere else. And I'll take my man with me. You'll get converted there. We can get married there. Listen, it don't matter where you go. You cannot run far enough to escape the power of God. You cannot, whether you, I don't care if you go to church in Fort Myers or, or wherever, if it ain't the will of God, it ain't the will of God. And I feel bad for you. If you find a preacher that will marry you to that loser. Because it's going to be you that's going to pay. Oh, we need, I, you know, I, I don't know why I'm on this. I know I'm digging through somebody's trash can right now. But I'm preaching. I'm preaching. And I'm. You know, I know people, they'll sit here and listen to me. He ain't preaching to me. I am preaching to you. I am preaching right down your alley. I got your address. I am texting you. I am calling you. I am emailing you. I am preaching to you. This message has your name on it. Oh, 
Oh, come on. We need to praise God. I got, I got, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I want you to lift your hands. Say, God, I will do your will. Come on, somebody lift your hands right now. I need somebody that you know I'm talking to you. You know, you need to lift your hands tonight and say, God, I will do your will. I will tell that man to leave me alone. I will tell that young boy to leave me alone. I will do your will. 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 The Holy Ghost has just come in this place right now. Somebody shout, yes, Jesus. You may be seated. Coincidentally, all of Abraham's problems, if not the vast majority of them, all revolved around cities, and people that came out of cities. For example, he almost loses his wife to the king of the city of Egypt. The only time Abraham ever had to go to war was against feuding kings and their cities. Lastly, who can forget Abraham's famous prayer meeting with God where he is trying to bargain with the Lord to spare his nephew who he should have left in the city. But he's praying to God to spare his nephew, who the Bible says that his soul had become vexed by seeing and hearing the wicked deeds of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. At the end of our Bible, or as we near the end of our Bible, the writers of the New Testament, of all the exclusive titles that Abraham has, the writers of the New Testament give him a beautiful one. They say that he is a man who looked for a city whose maker and builder was God. Obviously, Abraham learned that the only city worth living in is the one that God builds. Somebody shout amen. When you read your New Testament... You will see that the ministry of Jesus quickly shifts from being an inner city ministry to operating entirely outside of the city. You are not even a couple of chapters into your New Testament until it tells us about a blind man that Jesus heals. And on the heels of his healing, he tells him, don't tell anybody. And the Bible uses these words. It says, and he published it. Abroad, And the Bible says that from that day forward, Jesus had to minister outside the city. And whether it's of any significance or not, it's hard to tell. But I want you to note that Jesus was crucified out the city. He resurrected outside of the city. And that anybody who wanted to see the two greatest moments in human civilization had to go outside the city to see them. Now, now let's stop right here. I want you to know that this is not a plug for the country laugh. You know what I'm saying? I'm not telling everybody here to go move outside the city. Though that's not always the worst idea. But, but I think it's important for us to realize we see that God and his apostles and prophets were bothered by cities. But I think it's important that we understand why they were bothered by cities. And we have to ask ourselves why this even matters. Sometimes you need to ask yourself, what do I need to know? And then you need to ask yourself, what is worth knowing? Because there are some things not worth knowing. But let's talk about why God was bothered by cities. Please note, it is not the walls that bothered God. 
It was not the buildings that bothered God. It was not their use of letters and words. God today is not even bothered by technology or cars. God's not bothered by paved streets or city lights. But what does bother God is what a city is trying to say. Because essentially, the city or a city and cities throughout history have been nothing more than a collective voice on the part of human beings that says, we can take care of ourselves. And that is what bothers God. Because you cannot take care of yourself. Listen. Humans are some of the most weak and feeble creatures on earth. I know, I know a lot of people don't think that. You, you, are, you are a strong man. You are a strong woman. Listen. We can't even walk when we're born. Horses are born running. We don't even have teeth when we're born. Some of us don't have teeth now. At least not real ones. Some of us are so ignorant, we get gold teeth. <laughs> oh, yes. Albert Einstein, one of the greatest scientists of all time, he said this. He said, we know and understand the laws of the universe. We understand how the universe operates. But what we cannot figure out is whether the universe is friendly towards human endeavors. What he is saying is, we know how the universe works, but we don't know if it works in our favor. And let me, let me tell you, the universe does not work in your favor. Tornadoes don't say, you know what? I ain't going to hit her house. She's trying to raise these kids all on her own. That just wouldn't be right. Earthquakes don't stop at somebody's house and say, you know, they're about to get their master's. They're going to school. They got good grades. Cancer. Cancer does not say, you know, not her. She's already had a bad year. The economy doesn't say, you know what? They're struggling enough. That's right. Death does not stop at your door because you are part of the Smiths. Nowhere will you find in the Bible that it promotes you falling in love with earth. If you read the parable of the talents, the guy who got thrown into hell was because he put his talent in the earth. You were not made to invest all your energy and all your talents and all your intelligence in the earth. You need to take everything you got and invest it in the kingdom. If you go to church, you are investing your time wisely. If you plug into here, if you plug into the church and belt, you are doing the right thing. You are using your time wisely. You listen to me good. This planet might not be friendly. This universe might not be friendly. This economy might not be friendly. But we serve a God that sticketh closer than a brother. We have a God that can tell cancer, stop right there. We do serve a God that can tell a bad economy, you stop right there. 
serve a... And you know what? Because I, listen, sometimes bad things, bad things happen. In spite of how many Bible verses you got memorized, in spite of how much you tithe, in spite of how much you came to church to help build, bad things still happen. Well, let's just be honest. Let's be honest. You could pray 10 hours a day and still get hit by a car. But I'll tell you what never happens. God never leaves your side. God, that's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And then he gives the reason. He says, For thou art with me. And then he goes one step further. He says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, a rod and a staff, it was used for beating the sheep. And David said, I've even come to feel comforted by God's chastisement on my life. Even if things are bad, I've learned to rejoice in these things. They actually comfort me because the Lord chastens those who he loves. Hey, and I, I got to move quickly here because I have some things to say. You listen. You know, I used to be one of those people that if somebody stopped serving God, I was like, you're going to get it. You fixing to get beat up. God is going to let you have it. And it didn't happen. I've seen people leave church and get a car. Oh, yes. Real talk. I've seen people leave church and get a house. I know you don't. You, you, you praying God zaps some folks. I've seen people leave church and get back together with their husband and wife. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But can I tell you that the worst thing that can ever happen to you is not that God beats you up, but that God leave you alone. I feel bad for you. If you've been running out... And you know what? I'm preaching to somebody. There's somebody here. You've been out of church for months. Yay, maybe a year. And things are going pretty good out there. I came to let you know you ought to be shaking in your boots. If God has not dealt with you, brother, the worst thing God could ever do to you is quit talking to you. Quit dealing with you. Quit making things hard on you. It's a blessing to try to backslide and everything go wrong. It's a blessing to try to get out of the will of God and something keeps stopping you. It's a blessing. We cannot let, and this is why we have to study this tonight, because all of us live in cities. You know, nobody's going to go swimming and not get wet. That's deep. And every day we live in a city, there's going to be an obnoxiousness, an arrogance, and a pomp that is going to try to get on us. And you, you, listen. I know there's some folks, you, you're dreaming about food right now. You ready to go? You came with leaving on your mind. So I'm going to just keep going until you shake it off. I'm from California. I'm about three hours behind, so I got a lot of time. It's, it's six o'clock where I live. And I had coffee. I forgot what I was going to say. You cannot let the arrogance 
See, what do you guys have? Church two times a week? Three. Wait, twice on Sunday, once? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I know people that complain about that. And then you got folks that only show up on Sunday morning. That's about half of you. You stay at a church a whole week, come back next Sunday talking about God talked to you. God did not talk to you. Because you were not in church. But I'll tell you what God said while you weren't here. Come to church. <laughs> but listen. You are in church. Three, maybe four. Some of you won times a week but you are in this world seven days a week hearing things seeing things feeling things that are smutty that are slimy that are evil that are perverse that are twisted and you're going to complain you ought to be thanking God that there is three days a week that you can come into the house of God and get your dirty mind clean and get your dirty heart white and get your marriage back together and get your kids acting right. You ought to show up every time the doors are open with praise and thanksgiving in your You ought to thank God for an extra day of church. You ought to thank God. You know, you know, in Spanish, we got a saying, it says, Echale leña, which means throw another, throw another piece of wood on the fire. Honey, this thing is a fire, but this fire goes out if you don't put another log on the fire. Every time you come to church, you're putting a log on the fire. Every time you come to... Every time you go to Bible study, you're putting a log on the fire. You need to keep the fire burning. I'm going to preach the part you really don't like. I am shocked. Is this okay? I know. Well, that's like 10 people. Is this okay? I need all the people that are dreaming about five guys to go ahead and just. You guys have five guys? Burger King. You know, some people, they don't understand. You know what? You're not even a bad person, but listen, I know what it is to be a Christian, right? At least say I am. But it not work. Right? Like you try and it don't work. Listen. You walk out of here, the devil is waiting. And everybody shows up to church on their best behavior. So everybody does pretty good in here. But you walk out of there and you are waiting for you out there. And you are ugly. You are nasty. You are unfaithful. You are dishonest. Oh, I know. I think, I know there's some people, they think they're made of gold. You are not made of gold. It, it, it's fool's gold if you think you're. You know something I discovered at one point in my life? I discovered, listen, God don't like mean, nasty people, right? 
I know some folks, they just, they, they're just mean, nasty Christians. They hate everybody. Don't be that kind of a Christian. Just love everybody. But there's a difference between loving everybody and having fellowship with the world. God does not want you to have fellowship with the world. You want to know, you want to know how you know you are fellowshipping the world? When your heart gets excited about what their heart gets excited about. That's fellowship. When you're laughing about the same jokes they're laughing about. When you're listening to the same music they're listening to. When their favorite football team is your favorite football team. I got quiet now, yes. Hey, listen. This is free, too. Everybody likes free stuff. It is a sad day when you walk around with a jersey with somebody else's last name on it. Listen, God made me me. God, I don't need to wear somebody else's last some of you wouldn't even dare walk out of the house with a t-shirt with your mom's picture on it. And she worked and helped you and kept you and gave you money when you were up. And you want to go around wearing a LeBron James t-shirt? You're, you're out of your mind. You don't think enough of yourself and enough of your family and enough... Come on, we don't need to have the same stars they got. We don't need to worship the people they worship. We don't worship flesh around here. We don't worship our flesh. We don't worship nobody's flesh. We worship Jesus. And it, if a church don't worship Jesus, it ain't a church. But listen, if your Facebook page got 50 sinners on it, And two saints. And there's a lot of people's Facebook like that. It's just full of people. Just wicked people. Okay, you know, let me, let me help you out. Because, you know, church has got weird people in it. Yeah. There, there are a lot of weird people in the church. There are crazy people in the church. There's crazy people here tonight. But you see what happens is, and y'all know this in Florida, you know, when the lights, when it goes nighttime, you turn the lights on, the bugs come out. And the lights are on in here. And the bugs come out. There are people in here that are bugging. They are crazy. They... All the crazy people getting really quiet. But yeah, you know, church, it's not really church, but God, God attracts everything. This is why Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a fisherman's net that catches both the good and the bad. You turn the lights on, Thieves come out, liars come out, skanks, hustlers, dope dealers, stuck-up rich people, snotty-nosed punks. Everything comes out. Everything comes out. But they got to come out because they got to get saved. Where else is the liar? How else is the liar going to stop lying? How else is the skank going to quit sleeping around? How else is the hustler going to stop hustling? You got to get the lights on. But, but you see, you see, people see the bugs and forget that they're one too. First of all, that's the first problem. You, they, they forget that they are just as bad. Listen, I got more to say than you got time, I, but I'm on a roll. Do not, do not let the crazy people here discourage you. 
that's okay. I'm, I'm kind of crazy. Don't let me discourage you. Somebody say, Gloria a Dios. God is good. You know, because, you know, I know people say, well, you know, they're hypocrites. You know, but it's funny how we are intolerant of things in the church that we totally tolerate in the world. Nobody here quits going to school because their math teacher bounces a check. Nobody, nobody here gets mad at the guys at the guy who who who, who fries French fries and flips burgers at McDonald's because he don't like the food. We tolerate all kinds. You know, I'm just going to be real. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I, I've seen. I've seen women, and I don't know why I'm getting on the ladies tonight. I ain't got nothing against ladies. My wife is one. You got to clarify that today. You know, but I see, and I, I'm going to get kind of graphic here. I, you know, I always regret this stuff. I listen to my tapes and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, God. I'm so sorry. But you know, I've seen women, how they talk to each other in the world. They'll call each other the B name. And I'm not talking about blessed. I've seen women call each other all kinds of crazy names. And it's all good. But somebody in here call you something. Listen, I'm sticking it out. I'm sticking it out. People can call me what they want. I'm not going to... I don't want to show God that I was more tolerant of things out there than I am in here. Listen, bad things happen no matter where you go. People talk no matter where you go. People are crazy no matter where you go. But I'd rather be with crazy people here than crazy people out there. I'd rather have the... If, if you surround yourself, and this is really good preaching right here. If you surround yourself, if you surround yourself with, with worldly people, it will rob the fire and the life of God out of you every time. Haven't you ever been around somebody that after you get away from them, you're like, man, I'm tired. Your spirit is heavy. You are crazy. I... This is why, but you don't feel like that even when you get around crazy church people. You might get around brother, brother have a dream every second, but when you get away from them, you feel better. You might get around the parking lot prophet every week, but when you walk out, you feel better. These are the best kinds of crazy people. The friends you make here, you'll have them forever. The friends you make here, you'll see them in heaven. The friends you make here, they'll they'll love you no matter how fat you are. They'll love you no matter how skinny you are. They'll love you no matter how poor you are. They'll love you. So, you see, you see, I was one of those people they tricked into coming to church. You know, they had food at Bible study. As you can tell, it's very faithful. But you know... You know, it, I, I wasn't bothered. Listen, when I came to church, I had piercings in my face. I worked at a tattoo shop. 
feel like I, I look like I fell in a toolbox. And you know, I'd come to church. I, well, I'd go to Bible study. And I'd see people lift their hands and they'd speak in tongues and do all kinds. And I thought, you know, that's cool. I, I don't know. Maybe God just blessed me. I pray God bless you. But I just refused. I, I, I knew. I could feel it. Listen, I'm, I, I remember one time. I'm sorry, I want, more, I want kids need to cover their ears at this point. I remember one time, but I'm, you know, I'm talking to somebody here. I'm, this, is, this is real talk. I, I don't tell this stuff everywhere. This is between us. I went to Bible study one time, and man, I walked out of there feeling so good. I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to go get high. What a better way to finish the night. But I, I remember that moment. I remember it like it was yesterday. Because the minute I started getting high, I said, this feels nothing like what I was feeling over there. This feels nothing. I flushed the weed down the toilet. I said, this is no good. What's going on over there, it's all good. Crazy people and all. That's all good. I'm going back next Wednesday. I'm even thinking about going Sunday. You got to give it a try. You got to give it a try. You got to jump in. You got to jump in. Look. Look. Let me tell you something about God. He is not going to change for you or me. This, I'm, 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 this is, I'm helping somebody. Listen, in the kingdom of God, you are either locked in or you are locked out. And whether you believe this or not, God is not tripping over himself to just show everybody his pearl. Do you know that Jesus taught in parables? Not to reveal truth, to conceal truth. He wanted it to land on somebody else. He wanted truth to land on this man's heart and miss that, man, that, that man's heart. And, and you know, I know people, they say, you know, I don't need to go to that church. I, you know, they're crazy. They dance. They speak in tongues. You know, I'm going to just go to this other church. I'm going to learn Greek and Hebrew. Listen, there was people in the days of Jesus that knew perfect Greek and Hebrew and didn't know what he was saying. You ever, think, you ever thought about that? There was people sitting in front of Jesus that would write the Bible all day. They were called scribes. They had the Bible memorized and they still didn't know what Jesus was saying. You got to be humble. You got to, and sometimes lifting your hands is humble. Sometimes shouting is humble. Some, I'm all for memorizing my Bible. But don't forget the part that says, Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Don't forget the part that says, Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Don't forget. I'm going to close. I, I can't even finish my message. I'm not. Just, I'm just not going to even. I'm not going to even try. You either get locked in, or you get locked out. H-G-R, Holy Ghost Radio. I'm one God from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. 
is one Lord. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There's one baptism. There's one God who is Father of all, who is above all, who's through all, who's in you all. Jesus said, I am my Father one. He said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us a Father? Thou believest there's one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? For more information, visit our website at www.holyghostradio.com. 